Good morning, and welcome to Calvary Baptist Church. My name is Jenny, and I serve as a children's minister here at Calvary. What a joy it is to be together and to worship as the family of God this morning. There are a couple things that you're going to need to navigate today's service, including this worship folder, which you can find in the back right outside the sanctuary doors, and also a hymnal that you'll find in the pew in front of you. If this is your first time, we are so glad to have you here, and we hope to get to know you better. There's also a visitor card that you'll find in the pew in front of you that you can fill out um, if you are new or if you have a prayer concern that you'd like to share or if you just want to know more about our ministries. And there's a place, there will be an opportunity for you to place those cards in the offering place later in the service. Well, these past few weeks, we have been reflecting on how seemingly simple practices like dreaming with God or resting can literally be lifesavers. Perhaps though this morning, we need to be reminded that our lives are not saved for ourselves, nor are they saved by ourselves in isolation from other people. We cannot do life alone, nor were we meant to. I was reminded of this this morning or this week when I was reading this Brene Brown quote that says, "We are hardwired to connect with others. It's what gives us purpose and meaning to live our lives, and without it, there is suffering." As we worship today, may we give thanks for the communities in which God has placed us, starting right here in this place and amongst these sacred and life-giving connections. Join to sing Alleluia Oh. 
join me in prayer. Jesus, we thank you that you did not leave us alone. That our relationship with you is not just us and you by ourselves, but it is you, me, and everyone else that is your child. Lord, we thank you, God, that together we can grow, that together we can learn, together we can be challenged. Lord, we pray that you would help us see that we each need the other person in our lives with you. Help us be a people of the community, the community of Christ. We ask this in your name. Amen. Lord, I need you A reading from Ecclesiastes. Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one can be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. A reading from Hebrews. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, which is his body, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another, another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Children could come join me at the front for the children's message. Well, I have a little experiment for us this morning. Do y'all like experiments? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> Me too. Look, what is this? What? A string? Well, I'm wondering if we can break it. What do you think? Okay, I'm gonna try. Ready? Oh, did it break? Yeah? All right, but here I have how many strings? Can you see? Three. I'm gonna wind them together, and then do you think it'll be easier or harder to break them? Harder? Do you think I can break them at all? You do? <laughs> you have a lot of faith in my strength. <laughs> oh, I did break them, but it was a lot harder. <laughs> well, what was different about the first and the second time I tried to break them? Carolyn? Why, why was that? Why was it easier the first time? Yeah, because there's only one string. Well, 
is kind of like that scripture that we heard today in Ecclesiastes, right? Where it said, a cord of three strands is not easily broken unless maybe it's sewing string and then it's kind of maybe easier. Should have chosen a thicker string. But <laughs> do you know what's amazing? We are just like these strings. When we try and do hard things by ourselves, we might not be strong enough. But when we choose to connect with other people, we are like the strings that are all tied together. We become stronger. We connect with other people, and we decide to care about other people and be a friend and help others and ask other people to help us too. When we do that, we're like the cord of three strands. We're stronger than one string by itself because we were made to connect with other people. God made us to love others just like he loves us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day and for this chance to be together as your people in this place. And we pray that we would be like the cord of three strands, Lord, um, that we would be connecting with other people and be kind and be loving towards them so that we would be stronger and that we would be able to do everything that you've asked of us, Lord. Thank you for who you are and for allowing us to be in this space this morning. In your name I pray. Amen. We are one in Christ Jesus, all one body. For the past several weeks in 
worship, we have been asking ourselves this question. What is it that is saving our lives? What are the practices or experiences that are life-giving to us and the ways that we really experience God's presence with us? And this week, I've asked Tiffany Hogue to share with us about this question. Many of us know that Tiffany loves to run. It was part of her daily rhythm. She's run marathons all across the country, and then recently she even started a running club for students at Hillcrest Elementary School. Tiffany, share with us a bit about why running is life-saving for you. Sure. I began running when I was 13, just about the age of our oldest daughter, Anna. So for the past 30-plus years, running has been a source of friendship, a time for me to pray, a means by which to stay healthy physically and mentally, and a way for me to explore and appreciate our surroundings. I run with friends three days a week and alone three days a week. When I'm alone, I pray, I listen to happy music, and I work through problems. I also really, really love to watch the sunrise. And if I'm upset, my challenges usually seem a little more manageable after I go out for a run for an hour, and I see some other folks nodding. My favorite way to start the day, though, is a run with friends. Running friendships are the best. You're running shoulder to shoulder, often in the dark before the sun comes up, so it's really easy to talk. And the topics usually range for me from the sacred to the mundane and back. <clears throat> it is not uncommon for me to bound in the door in the mornings with a new idea on how to handle a tricky work dilemma and a new recipe for dinner. It is amazing how many problems you can solve before breakfast. <laughs> I love being outside, being with friends, and finding ways to appreciate the beautiful world God made. And running lets me do all of those things almost every day. Thanks for sharing that. I think many of us have seen from the outside that you love running, um, but it's great to know what's happening internally that makes that such a life-saving space for you. Recently, you've also shared some other things that are life-giving to you and some other practices you're incorporating into your day-to-day um, -day life. Share with us a bit about those. Sure. Uh, this summer, I've added a new practice. We just moved, and we have a back patio for the first time in our marriage. And I have discovered the gift of sitting alone on the patio in the morning with my prayer book and a gratitude journal. I read a devotional, and then I write down five to seven things for which I'm grateful, and it's been wonderful. I also really love taking evening walks to watch the sunset with whomever will go with me. Andy, the dog, <laughs> the girls, and good friends. Uh, what's so great about a walk compared to a run is that I'm still outside, but I don't have a distance or a pace on which I'm focused. There's no element of performance. Rather, it's just a time to receive and appreciate the beauty of the day. I got to go on one of those walks this week, and that was pretty special to watch the sunset together as well. Share a bit about what these practices have looked like for you in different seasons of life, sure. maybe as a single person, as a working professional, as a mom with kids. Sure. 
Uh, in law school, I usually ran after class before I started studying, and it felt like kind of the one hour of the day where I just didn't have to think about the law and could kind of be myself. Um, but once I started work, I realized that I really needed to do it first thing in the morning so it didn't get squeezed out, and that became even more apparent once we had the girls. So for me, I need to do it uh, before our kids wake up. And I've said for years that running in the morning fills up my tank, so then I can pour out for others the rest of the day. Um, but I would say do what works for you. Uh, if you struggle with motivation, maybe give yourself a prize after taking, you know, five or seven walks. Um, if you need child, yeah. <laughs> if you need childcare, maybe swap with someone or even pay a sitter uh, to come over for an hour while you take care of yourself. Um, made a good point that when we do the things that are life-saving to us, that just enables us to turn outward and to care better for all the people that God has placed in our lives mm -hmm. as well. Um, which really segues into my last question, and that is, we've talked about how it's important to do things that are life-saving for us on just a day-to-day -day basis and when life is going well. But it's almost even more important to engage in some of these practices in the difficult times when life is hard and messy. Can you speak to that? Sure. Sometimes it's tempting to give up on these practices when the world feels like it's falling apart. And there definitely are times when there's no space to run or probably even take a walk. But my experience has been that even in the really dark times, on the day of the funeral, for example, or the day that you're having a hard conversation at work or with a family member, those are often the days that I need to run even more than normal. It's a time to remind myself that I'm not in control, that God loves me, and I'm not alone. Well, thanks for sharing, Tiffany, and I hope we can all keep asking ourselves this question and, and talk about it with others as well. What are things that are saving our lives. Your fear, I will hold. 
Now, gracious God, in these moments, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts together in this place be found pleasing to you. O Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So there are a lot of things that I no longer agree with at the church where I grew up in Kentucky. Namely, that they wouldn't ordain me or affirm my call to ministry because I'm a woman. Growing up, when I asked why women couldn't be pastors, I was told, oh, we're too emotional for that. You couldn't handle all the hospital visits and funerals and pastoral counseling. That's just not what God calls women to do. And so whenever I go back home to Kentucky, I always pause and consider if I want to go back to my home church or if I want to go to a church that might affirm me and my call to ministry. But I almost always choose to go back home, and here's why. I go back because these are the people who raised me. They changed my diapers. Not only that, they also changed my dad's diapers. He grew up there too. These are the people who actually introduced my mom and dad after a revival one night when my mom had recently moved to town to do her student teaching. These are the people who threw my mom and dad's wedding shower and their baby showers too. These are the people who taught my Sunday school classes when I was a little girl and made the stories of Jesus come to life. These are the people who taught me that Jesus loves all the little children of the world and countless other songs and Bible verses that have stayed with me for the rest of my life. In my youth group days, these are the people who invited us over for countless meals, who stayed up late with us for church lock-ins and endless games of sardines, who took us to summer camps around the country and traveled the world with us on mission trips. These are the people who taught me and inspired me and challenged me to follow Jesus. Whenever I broke a bone, these are the people who would be waiting outside my hospital room when I woke up from a surgery. And when I got home, they were there too. They brought meals, they brought gifts and flowers and stuffed animals and balloons. They spent time with me to give my parents time to rest. I am sure they cared for my parents in ways I will never know. 
These are the people who came to take my picture before proms and homecomings, who celebrated with me at my graduations, who never forgot a single birthday. In fact, these are the people who continue to send me birthday cards all these years later. These are the people who prayed for me with an unwavering faithfulness and who continue to pray for me to this day. These are the people who were there for us when my grandfather passed away unexpectedly when I was in middle school and my grandmother when I was in college. And these are the people who were there outside our home the day we loaded the U-Haul for Waco, Texas. They surrounded me with prayer as I set off on my next journey to begin seminary, and they have ever since. You see, when I think back on my story, this community at Sand Spring Baptist Church absolutely saved my life. And they saved my family's life over and over again, and I will always keep going back
church with soul and spirit. Come build a church of flesh and bone. We need no tower rising skyward, no house of wood or glass or stone. Come build a church with human frailty. Come build a church of flesh and blood. Jesus shall be his sure foundation. It shall be built by the hand of God. Let us see the tongues of fire. Let us hear the great and win roar. Let us hold the awe and wonder that we've only glimpsed before. Let us feel the strength of passion which can make us laugh and weep. Let us know this great awakening, for so long we've been asleep. Come build a church with soul and spirit, come build a church of flesh and bone. We need no tower rising skyward, no house of wood or glass or stone. Come build a church with human frailty, Come build a church of flesh and blood. Jesus shall be its sure foundation. It shall be built by the hand of God. Let us know the long ceasing, which alone from loose abounds, reaching out across the chasms, bringing walls of hatred down. Let us taste the sweet communion where the circle never ends. Hold us in the sweet connection, turning strangers into friends. Come build a church with soul and spirit. Come build a church of flesh and bone. We need no tower rising skyward. No house of wood or glass or stone. Come build a church with human frailty. Come build a church of flesh and blood. Jesus shall be his sure foundation. He shall be built by the hand of God. Guide our feet in peaceful pathways. Teach us peace of heart and mind. Peace with God and all God's children, till we leave our wars behind. Surely joy will come and find us, like a breeze that cools the night. Like the rain upon the desert, like a candle's gentle light. Come build a church with soul and spirit. Come build a church of flesh and bone. We need no tower rising skyward, no house of wood or glass or stone. Come build a church of human frailty. Come build a church of flesh and blood. Jesus shall be his sure foundation. It shall be built by the hand of God. It shall be built by the hand of
Well, I'm so glad our youth and South Texas team made it back safely last evening. I know we can't wait to hear all about their adventures and the many ways that God worked in and through you all during that time. Way to go, youth, for being here. We're proud of you. (laughs) Well, I want to call up David and Elaine Norris to join me up front. Um, Today we are saying goodbye for now uh, to two beloved members of the Calvary family. David and Elaine Norris have been such a gift to the Calvary family. I wish you could have heard the litany of responses in the intergenerational class this morning, sharing about what their friendship and ministry in this place has meant. Um, We've mentioned their quilts for our new babies, but they've been so deeply invested in missions and helping our church to engage in Faith Health Waco here in our community, but also in our partnerships in South Texas. Elaine has served faithfully as a deacon, helping a lot behind the scenes to care for our senior adults. And David has been key in our men's prayer breakfast and in the intergenerational choir. Um, I just want to say you have given yourselves so fully and faithfully to what God is doing in this place, and you will be dearly missed. I hope y'all can walk out with me afterwards, and I'd love for you all to be able to stop by and uh, share a word of blessing with David and Elaine today. Well, please join me in this benediction. Friends, may the God who calls you from this place journey with you as you go. May God delight in you with joy, bringing unimagined graces. Walk with you in darkness, shining light along your way. May God be close to you in pain, giving strength for every moment. And comfort you in fear, granting courage to be brave. May God's love surround you, may Christ's mercy astound you, and may the Spirit abound in you, so that you live in the fullness of the God who is with us always. Amen. Go! Oh.